What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. Welcome to The Real Build. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today we got a guest coming from Columbus, Ohio, our very first realtor on the show, Kim Litback, who is a real estate agent with Keller Williams Realty. How are you doing today, Kim? I am doing great. So happy to be here and, and get to chat with you, Bill. Glad to have you on. And thank you so much for being a guest on The Real Build. Like I said, the very first real estate agent I'm having on the show. So I'm happy to have you on here. So what I like to get started with is I always start out asking about your background and how you got into the real estate industry. Yeah. So I've been in real estate in one way or another for the last 18 years. Um, I've done it all. I've sold resale. I've done new builds. I've done property management. Um, I've done some commercial properties. You name it. I've done it. Um, and I basically got into the industry when I wanted to. And you have that little voice in the back of your mind, like you're going to be 100% commission. And that can be a scary world. Um, and then two things happened. Someone said the right thing to me at the right moment. And they were like, basically, everyone in the world is commission. You are not guaranteed a job. Wow. And that clicked for me. And I said, then why do I not follow my passion? I know I'm here to serve people. I know I can give them a better experience. Um, and it's, it, I feel it's my duty to actually do that. Um, the second thing that happened was my husband and I purchased this home before I was licensed. We've been here now 17 years, give or take. And that was a nightmare. We had agents who did not want to listen to us, wanted to take us to neighborhoods. We told them we did not want to live in, um, wanted to put us in price points. We weren't comfortable with. They just weren't listening to anything that we said. And then the response, uh, when we would ask them questions and things like that, for us to get a response to them, I probably have a better shot of, you know, going to Windsor's Castle and meeting the queen. <laughs> so I knew there had to be a better way and people deserve that. And I knew I could give that to them. So when those couple of things like lined up and the universe lined up, I knew it was my shot to, to make some sort of difference for other people. That's awesome. So... Stemming off of that, so what what uh, year did you start working in real estate? 2001. 2001. And yeah. I mean, you kind of just dug into it a little bit, but what was your reason? Was it mainly because of dealing with the agent that you dealt with? Or was it, you know, dig, dig deeper into that? Yeah, so I had already wanted to for a couple years before that. Um, and then I had that voice in the back of your mind that, you know, you need consistent income and and to take that leap is a scary thing for your family. You know, most people are still are, and back then were living paycheck to paycheck. So that the thought that I would have to go out and find business instead of someone allowing me to sit at a desk or what have you and give me a paycheck was there was a big gap in between. So that was that was a fear monger for me. Um, but I had already wanted to do it for quite a while. Um, I know this is kind of a side thing, but 
I, I actually remembered the other day when I was four or five years old, I used to, we lived, I, I lived in the country. I'm a country girl at heart, even though I live in the city. I used to go knock doors and try and sell my neighbors their own stuff. And I called myself Miss McGillicuddy. My mom always laughed at that. I sold one neighbor their own dogs. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think it was Born always. Salesperson, yeah. Yeah, they, they were happy to have their dogs back. <laughs> but um, So their dogs followed me everywhere. They were awesome. But uh, I think I always had that in me that I was supposed to be in some sort of service related industry. And, and what bigger thing can you do than help someone find out where they're going to lay their heart and their family, you know, for years to come. So one of the biggest investments people make, right? There. Absolutely. So yep. digging deeper into that. So why did you choose real estate as a career over other sales industries? Well, I had a really good friend about the time that I was making the decision that I was going to make this leap. I had a really good friend that was in real estate and she actually happened to be my neighbor um, who lived above me at the time I was I was renting at this moment. And she's like, Kim, you have to get into real estate. You have the personality for real estate. And I share with her what I just shared with you. I'm like, I would love to. I've been thinking about it for a long time. It's just, it's a little scary. And over time, she convinced me to just, you know, to make that leap. She's actually the one who said that to me. You're not guaranteed an income. You know, you you can either go follow your dreams and and understand that you have to work for your paycheck no matter where you are. So she helped me realize that this was where I was supposed to be, even though I already knew it in my gut and my heart for a long time. And then I took that leap because of her, went to go work with her. She and I got into the new builds together um, and it, it kind of spiraled from there. So in a very awesome kind of way. Yeah. But uh, she and I both have had the grit. She, unfortunately, she passed away but um, at a very young age unexpectedly. But she and I both had the grit and we both had the hustle. And it was like, together we were unstoppable. It was, it was a good, it was a good thing. Then when we bought our houses, she came home and said, I just bought a house. I was like, that's funny. Me too. And we ended up being neighbors. We didn't even know it. Really? (laughs) So I think we were just supposed to follow each other until we couldn't. So, (laughs) so diving deeper into the whole being a real estate agent, in real estate, every agent should provide exceptional customer service, you know, by extensive regular and professional communication with every client. How are you communicating better to the customers? Well, part of what, when I meet with folks for the first time who may or may not know me, the first thing I tell them is you should not wait on communication from me. It is okay that I wait on communication for you. This is your journey, not mine. I am here merely to provide, you know, answers and solutions and guidance and handle the process, but you shouldn't wait for me. And my fo- my folks don't. I have so many of my clients tell me that I'm their pit bull because they know that when they message me even long after the transaction, they're going to get an immediate response. It may be, hey, I'm in a closing. I'll get back with you in an hour or maybe the immediate response for the question that they're asking, but they will hear from me right away. So it's, um, it's very normal that this is connected at all moments, yeah. um, like an appendage, um, but it's text. It's, it's however it's convenient for them to be communicated with. If, they, if, if it's a client who wants me to pick up the phone, then I'll, then I'll message them and say, hey, I'm finishing up an appointment. I'll call you in 30 minutes. But they, I have not had a client that's probably waited more than five minutes for a response with me. And if you've even noticed when you and I correspond, I don't, I think you probably don't wait either. So (laughs) 
it's the way to be. I mean, in this business, you have to be that way. And unfortunately, there is a lot of agents that don't respond, you know, and it's it's definitely the way to be too. Yeah. Um, and how else are you? I have some agents who aren't providing their phone numbers. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Using an office number, yeah. I've seen yeah. that too, which is yeah. you should always give everybody your cell phone in this business. So right, right. you're constantly connected. Is there any other ways you're communicating with them that you can think of? Well, of course, I mean, if we're just talking main follow-up, I mean, it could be phone calls, it could be text, it could be messenger. I do a lot of messenger stuff as well. Um, emails, regular mail, um, any and all ways, even if I'm just like, I just got back, we have a, a thing in town that's called the peach truck. So a client actually brought this to my attention and the sarcastic person that I am at heart, he's like, hey, have you ever heard of the peach truck? And I'm like, no. He's like, do you know what that is? And I'm like, a truck with peaches. <laughs> so he's like, very good. Ding, ding, ding. So I just went and bought, um, uh, right about 70 pounds of peaches that I'll be going to all my clients' homes and delivering those with, um, peach recipes. So that way, you know, it's just another, another opportunity for me to, to show them that I care well beyond the transaction. I don't want when somebody hears from me that that's the only reason they're hearing from me because that would be a disservice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's different too. That's awesome. I like that. So continuing on, what are you doing? What are you doing to stand out from the rest of, you know, the many, we all know there's, there's a ton of real estate agents out there, especially when times get busier. uh, We see an explosion, everybody, especially down where I'm at, everybody, it seems when they move here, they get a real estate license. Uh, You can go through the grocery store and the cashier probably has one too. So, you know, um, so, you know, what are you doing from the rest of the many, what are you doing different to stand out from the rest of the real estate agents in your area? And what should people take notice of when choosing a realtor? Absolutely. That's an awesome question. So some of the things that I'm doing differently, and I say this tongue in cheek and I don't mean any disrespect, is I'm doing the work. When someone works for me, the first thing I'm going to tell them is you're not going to wait for the real estate gods to either ring down a buyer for you or ring down a seller. Every single day, if you walk into my office from 9 to 11 a.m., you're going to find me making calls, which typically when I'm having this conversation is exactly how I found you. Um, So, you know, I'm finding the buyers for my sellers and the sellers for my buyers because I'm not waiting for that to happen. And a very competitive market like we have right now, right now we have right about um, 0.8% of absorption rate in our market, a normal market is nine months, we have less than a month of inventory. So when you're a buyer in a market, it makes it very challenging because in a certain price point, up to about three, 350, you're gonna be dealing with multiple offers. So you have to go in, you know, uh, very strategical with, with, you know, as clean of offers as possible, that sort of thing. However, the first thing I tell my clients is I'm not gonna wait until that home presents itself because I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be making those calls, finding folks who may be willing to sell. I'm also going to be knocking doors. Hey, if you tell me a neighborhood that you really love, send me like an arrow and I'll go knock it. And I will see if for the right price that that seller will be considered selling. Mm -hmm. With that said, it is also legal to do dual agency here, which means you can represent both sides. I, however, have to sleep at night and I do not do dual agency. So whatever side I am, right, whatever side I am representing, I let them know if I find someone that is either willing to sell or willing to buy, 
I, I will not have an exclusive agreement with that individual. We can treat it as a customer and I'm happy to help them with the process. However, anything that they share with me, I will share with you. Anything you share with me without your permission, I will not share with them. I am loyal to only one party. If they do want to be represented in a way that you can actually provide them insight, then I will refer them to someone else with whom, you know, we're not going to share, um, you know, personal information. Either it's going to be completely separate, but you, you have to know that, that I'm here for you and only you. So when I tell you I'm loyal to you, I mean that because I, again, I have to sleep at night. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. rare too. I mean, a lot of, a lot of agents would say with dual agency too, I can get the both sides of a commission. I'm on it. But yeah, for you to do that, that's, that's pretty yeah. big time. It's so, way more than money. Yeah. You're dealing with people's hearts and their emotions. They need to know that they have someone in their corner that really is not going anywhere. That's great. So I've said this a lot before that, you know, we are big, we're big on, you know, we, you have to be big on product knowledge. Uh, you know, I like to learn uh, the home building homes has helped me actually, you know, being able to actually structurally know the home and stuff. It's actually helped me tremendously with, with getting listings and selling and getting buyers and stuff like that to knowing the construction side, because they trust me on that end. Like today I showed a condo, for example, and they wanted my opinion on a remodel. So it always, and that's why they use me as their agent too because they're right. looking to do a full-on remodel. But, you know, I like to see all of its features. I like to see all the, you know, whatever property's features and what really will stand out to the potential buyer. Do you do the same? And how are you doing this differently than other agents in your area? So I do a consult, whether you're a buyer or a seller. And I, I share with them during that consultation, you know, we're going to talk about the entire process from the moment that we meet to the moment that we close. And then in between, I'm going to ask you tons of questions about what your ideal home looks like in your mind, what things are must, what things are, you know, that you would just like to have. Um, and then I would ask you 500 questions rather than show you 500 homes because I don't want to waste your time. I want to only show you homes that really um, mean something to you that, that is what you're actually looking for because this is a very personal process. Mm -hmm. um, so I do that with every single client, no matter if you're a seller, if you're a buyer, if you're a seller, I'm asking, you know, what features of your home, you know, what made you purchase this home? What made you want to live in this area? What do you, who do you think your ideal buyer is? What, what do you think that, you know, could potentially change with your home or may have, you know, someone wishing that it might be different, you know, like the, the you know, anything that could potentially be better within your home. So strengths and, and potential weaknesses, I guess you could call it, but it's not really a weakness. It just is what it is. So I ask all of those questions and then I give expectations because you don't want to get down the line, regardless of what side you're dealing with. And you didn't talk about something that you know is probably going to come up. Like there's no such thing as the perfect transaction it just doesn't exist. And if you make people think that, you know, you're going to have the perfect transaction if you work with me, that that would not be honest. Instead, you let them know, hey, there probably will be a hiccup, whether or not it'd be big, whether or not it'd be small, I don't know. I tell you what, I'm going to be the person that's coming to you with solutions, not problems. Mm -hmm. So when it happens, I'm going to communicate it right away. And I'm going to be like, here's what we can do. And it's your choice because it's your journey of how we deal with that because you will be in the power seat the entire time. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I 100% agree too. It's, it's, 
it's all about letting because a lot of a lot of agents don't let people know right off the bat that there because there is no perfect transaction. There's always something, and you yep. know that as well as I do. There's always something in the way, and people. I mean, anybody, whether it's the buyer or the seller side, somebody's going to make something. You know, you know, an inspection, and it's going to be a little argument out of that, and that's what we're here for too, is to kind of steer it. And unfortunately, I mean, I've had to deal with the keep a deal structured. I've had I've had to deal with the other agent, you know, because they didn't know how to, you know, act upon, you know, to make the deal right. Where I had to basically fix something for them to keep the deal going. I bet, I'm sure you've had that happen. Absolutely. So, I have a couple of those right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. So you're dealing with their customer too, trying to help them out to keep the thing structured. So the deal goes through because they don't know what to do. And they're kind of just sitting, yeah, I've had that. And it's unfortunate, but yeah, everything you said was spot on. So not have an emotional response, like the other agent, not having an emotional response. You hire me because I'm not tied to your outcome. Mm-hmm. which means that I can have a level head and I can be strategical for you instead of me getting, you know, so emotionally tied into the situation and which after we close, isn't going to affect me. They're going to be living there, not me. So I need to make sure that I check myself at the door so I can give them honest and the best feedback and solutions as possible instead of being emotionally entwined with it. So there are some agents that I'm helping them navigate that. <laughs> So it happens a lot more than, yeah, <laughs> a lot more than people think too. So, um, that's great. And what should next thing, what should sellers look for in agents? You know, what should sellers actually look for in a agent's marketing strategy when selling their home? You know, like there's a lot of different things that you can do as an agent. I've seen some agents that basically don't do much. They just do photos uh, they're still doing that, but with all the options, with technology, social media, all these different things, what should they be looking for in a marketing strategy? And what do you do? Yes, they need, in my humble opinion, they need to have a well-rounded plan. Sticking at home on the multiple listing service, which is the, the service that we use as realtors to list your home on the market, is not a way to sell a house. That is basically a parking site. Um, so what, what you need is because we have so many things at our disposal. So the same way that consumers live their life is the same way that we need to market to them. So obviously client, you know, customers or clients or potential buyers or potential sellers are online. So social media has to be a big part of that. Also folks every single weekend are going to open houses. That needs to be a consideration. Of course, if the seller agrees to open houses, not all of them do, most do. I would say 99% of my clients agree to open houses. Every so often I'll have one that, that doesn't really want them for some reason. Um, and then you need to have, you know, marketing with print because everyone's saying, well, print doesn't work. Well, nobody's doing print. So print actually does work. You know, you need to have your sign. There's so many different things you need to have your sign. So the, what I would be saying to a client that's sitting in front of me, you're going to benefit because I have, I do a lot on Facebook. I do a lot on Instagram. I do a lot on YouTube. When I do my open houses, I knock at least the nearest 100 doors to invite your neighbors to the open house. And I will actually reserve one hour just for the neighbors. And I will tell them, this is reserved for just for you because you still live here. You should be the first ones to choose your new neighbor and decide that you like them. If you don't, wink, wink, I can take care of that too. Let me know and I'll get their house listed. Um, and then, of course, sending out your, your just listed um, brochures and or uh, flyers to, I, I do about the nearest 25 miles 
because here in um, Columbus, people are coming from every direction. Um, so it's it's possible that someone in a completely different area could be moving to to a new area. No, no problem because everything in Ohio is very, very close together. And then, of course, just uh, doing your open houses, following up with with any type of um, information, having your signs out there, having sign calls, making sure that you stay on top of the folks that are inquiring about the properties that you have for sale and or vice versa. So if I'm knocking a door for a buyer, then I need to stay in touch with them. If there's, you know, any potential at all that they would be listing their home or know if someone within the neighborhood could be listing their home. If I don't stay top of mind and stay in touch with them, then I'm, I'm failing. Basically. Mm-hmm. So you need to have a good process for, for the whole nine yards. And then of course, when I do my open houses, I do Facebook lives. I do my Instagram lives. Um, I give a little teaser to the house. And when I'm doing the lives, I don't take them through the whole home. I said I want a feature that is very um, interesting with a home. Like this bathroom, oh my goodness, it's gorgeous. Has this closet that could be its own room. You know, and you, you do that or, or what have you, and you focus on that and you invite folks to the open house and, you know, you ask them to like, comment, share because you never know when you're looking at a home that your best friend could be looking for. You know, make sure you share that because then they can see it through you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just, it's hitting it from every possible angle and of course reaching out to other realtors folks that have buyers you know and letting them know hey i've got this property that's coming available or hey i have this buyer i'm looking for a three bedroom two and a half bath in hilliard ohio whatever it is staying in touch with folks that potentially also have opportunities for those people yeah that's uh, all that stuff i mean you're you're definitely i have to say after hearing that you're hitting every angle so it's i I like the door knocking thing too because not a lot of people do that at all especially knocking on the neighbor's doors because the neighbor probably knows somebody too which that being into that business you know the neighbor has a friend that's somewhere that is looking for a house in the area and who better do they want living next door to them you know, sure. it makes sense, but not a lot of people think that way. So a lot of, pretty much spot on with everything that you yeah. just said. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so a big one and pretty much every realtor deals with this. So we all know commission structure is important to many of our customers. So with real estate, we are in a constant battle against, you know, there's a lot of new tech companies out there starting to take shape and form. Um, you know, with um, fixed pricing or uh, they're offering a lot less commission or you have new realtors offering lower commissions uh, just, you know, because there's a lot of 100% companies out there. Now they're starting to take shape and, and the realtors are able to kind of fluctuate, pick and choose what they want to do. Right. So um, what should customers know up front when getting pricing and how do you deal with that? Well, it's, believe it or not, I rarely have to deal with that. There's been a couple times someone has asked, but I can't blame them for asking. I'd ask too. Yeah. Um, but they, they need to know that you are hiring someone for the fact that, they're one, they're not tied to the outcome and that they can think clearly and have solution-based you know, relationship with you. And two, you are hiring them for their negotiation skills. So if, top, if that was not important, top companies wouldn't hire top people to negotiate for them. Everybody would be paid dirt cheap and, and places like Apple or Google or wherever would just have whoever come in and punch a, a time card. But it is important. If, mm-hmm. if I am willing to give up my money for you, and I'm not even going to fight for myself because that's food on my table for my family, 
then when it comes time to fight for, you know, making you the most amount of money in your house, how hard do you think I'm going to fight for you? Because I've already caved. So you need someone who is, and which is probably why my clients call me a pit bull. One actually said the other day, a bulldog. And then she, she reiterated, she goes, no, you're a pit bull. And I was like, I think, thanks. She goes, no, you're in the best kind of way. Um, So, but you need to be able to fight for them because that's what they're relying on to make the most amount of money, least amount of time with the least amount of hassle. And sometimes you get what you pay for. It's true. Yeah. That's what I was about to say too, because everything you said on the prior question too, it makes you worth you know, everything you're saying, you know, as far as the kind because you take that discount person. I've even said it with like on the construction and the stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they take the discount builder and you get what you pay for. You're getting the, the less expensive materials and stuff like that and more headaches down the road versus the guy that's going to, you know, do it right, do it the right way right off the bat. And, yeah. But, you know, well, perfect example. And this is now almost July, it's still June, back in April, I had a buyer. Fell in, I took them to this home, they fell in love with it, came and want to write an offer, perfect. First thing I do with buyers is I will reach out to the other agent to see what the most advantageous terms would be for their seller to give us a leg up. Plus, I'm really good at getting information that maybe I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And they think they're getting something from me, but they really aren't. Um, that agent to this day has still not recognized the offer or called me back. Wow. And that was a discount broker. Wow. So needless to say, we didn't buy that house. Yeah. And it expired. Yeah. Wow. Never sold. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good so, example. Yeah. Um, so staying on the cost topic, when working with sellers, how do you get them the most money for their home? So, you know, what should they look for when interviewing agents so that they get the most money? You know, obviously every person that's selling their home wants the most money, but we as agents have to list it for the right price, you know, because a lot of them are listed a lot higher than it should be. And yes. yeah, that's so how do you deal with that? What should they look for when interviewing an agent? Well, first you need to set the expectation from the very get about setting the proper price. You know, I let folks know we can put it a little bit under, we can put it right at, or we can put it a little bit over. If we put it a little bit under, we're going to attract everybody mm-hmm. and everybody's going to want to drive that price up because they're all going to see your house as a deal. Just like when you have Macy's saying, Oh, I have this huge Friday sale. It's 50% off and everyone's going to flock to it. Mm-hmm. If they said, you know what, today, nothing's on sale. You know, a sale's coming up. Are you going to flock to that to Macy's? Probably not. And if you know that Macy's has X, Y, and Z, and you know that this product is 20 bucks, and yet they have it listed for 75. Are you going to go at all? Probably not. You're going to find somewhere who has it for 20 bucks or under because you want that, that perceived deal. It's the same, it's the same concept as we need to make sure that we have, you know, set the price right. That way we really do sell your home and get as many people through the door as possible. Plus with that, Mary's right into that is exposure. So the fact that I'm getting out to all these other avenues you know, whether it's my door knocking, whether it's my print, whether it's my social media, whether it's other realtors and brokers, whatever it is, having exposed to as many people as possible, rather than bringing you just one buyer, is going to yield you the most amount of money possible. Because they're going to, they, they're themselves, within themselves, are going to fight for your home. Yeah. Between themselves, which is just going to make you more money. Agreed. So... 
going on the other aspect of it. So with buyers, how do you get them the best deal on a home? So going on the opposite side of this. So it is a little bit of playing hardball in me. Part of what I feel makes the difference with me is a lot of agents know me. Mm-hmm. So I may come in a little bit under somebody else, but I have a really clean offer. And I've actually had them say, because it was you, Kim, I fought for your offer because mm-hmm. we know you're fair yeah. and we know, you know, you're, we're going to have a great transaction with you. I've had that happen more than once, but it's really, it's getting in there and asking those questions and taking the moment to call that agent, seeing what's important to their sellers. You know, how, how can we write the most advantageous offer? You know, it's not always about money. Sometimes it's about terms. Sometimes people are heading out of state, heading to a job and they have to sell right now. Mm-hmm. If you can give them a quick close or whatever the situation is, whatever works for that particular transaction, you need to weed that out. So then you can talk intelligently to your client and say, okay, we can do this and we can have this provision in the background or, you know, with an escalation clause or whatever it is to make sure that we're covering them and attempting to get them the best deal. If there's other offers on the table, if there's not other offers on the table that we're not going to show our hand. However, we're going to be in, in touch with them saying, Hey, you got my offer. If there's something that you want to chat about, let the offer I'm here for you without saying, hey, counter me, but letting them know that they, we can talk it out and we'll, we'll do our best to work with you, um, that sort of thing. And if now there has been situations lately where homes are being overpriced, there's no doubt about it. Uh-huh. And I will send comps with my offer. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to undercut you. I'm not trying to steal a house from your clients. However, I see nothing supporting the fact that this home is $50,000 overpriced. Yeah. So, and they appreciate that because then they can deliver that to their client because they didn't know how to talk to their client about properly pricing. And it makes their, yeah, it makes their job easier at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So, no, and I, that's one thing that I highly agree with you on. The first thing was, you know, calling the agent. So if you're making an offer, call the agent, the listing agent ahead of hand, talk to them, feel, I do it every single time. You it's feel it. them out, see where their customer's at. Um, Cause I mean, if you drop a low ball offer right off the bat, that's just going to piss off. The off. Yeah. You know, that's the thing versus get feeling them out. I just dealt with it today. I said, I'm going to call the other agent. Let me feel them out before I offer what you want. Then I'll call you and then we'll kind of go from there and we can structure it that way. So like you said, there's a lot of different ways you can structure it at a lower price, you know, Mm -hmm. that'll make it, you know, whether it's inspections, stuff like that, contingencies, all that kind of stuff. So that's all great stuff. Even when you're on the listing site, it's setting up the expectation. So even when you're properly priced, Mm -hmm. you still need to have the conversation about potential offers that come in way below that. And what I let them know is, Hey, I will be here for you. I will be your rock. Because I know that that's going to, that's going to, that's going to tug at you a bit and it's going to not make you very happy. However, remember, if you were on the buying side, wouldn't you want to do it too? Mm-hmm. There's still potentially be your buyer and we can always counter. What's the worst thing that can happen? We don't agree. That's, that's one thing. However, we have to try mm-hmm. because just because they come in at X doesn't mean that's where they are. Yeah. So, and saying that, so when it happens, they're like, oh, Kim said this would happen. And it allows them to not get emotional about it because they're like, oh, yeah. they see opportunity because they know I got you. You know, or yeah. we'll just go back and we'll, we'll, we'll be fair, but we'll, we'll not be giving this house away. I have no intention of giving your house away. Mm-hmm. So, which makes them feel good to actually hear those words. Yeah. Yeah. Being up front with them too. So back to the, the selling side, what can a customer do while listing a home? 
and this is a big one that is that is cost effective to add value to the property. So is it whether it's you know adding staging to it, or is there anything they can change that's differently? Um, you know, any kind of aspect like that. If they got to update something, like I I just uh, interviewed or you know a guy that's in remodeling and. You know, there's small fixes you can do to a house too with not a lot of, but some people don't want to deal with any of that. Just something easy that will add value that you think. So a lot is going to be house specific. However, staging, I do staging on every one of my properties. The other thing I do is professional photography. I let them know up front. You will never see me taking pictures with my cell phone unless I'm doing an open house for you and I'm doing a Facebook live. Um, that's the only time you're going to see me doing that. Other than that, we have professional photos where the proper lighting is there. Um, and I will be there when professional photography is being done. If we need to move something while we're taking that picture, I'll move it and then I'll put it back for you. We need to make sure that we, you know, clean out and make sure that we're decluttering because you might as well already start packing. You're going to be moving. You hired me. We're going to get this done. So don't, you know, don't, don't feel overwhelmed by just packing up some things. You can put it in the garage or get one of those. Um, oh, what do they call that you put in your driveway? Um, oh, yes, thank you. You can fill up your pod, what have you. People are expecting you to move. So if you have a few boxes in your garage, you're not going to be shooting yourself in the foot. Really, the interior is where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that they can see themselves living here. For the same reason, I don't to make them take down their personal photos. If they want to, that's their call but we need to see that this home has been homey, not sterile. Mm -hmm. Someone has loved this home. Um, And then, you know, just making sure that you've, that you're putting its best foot forward when you're putting the description out there, when you're communicating with other people, you are highlighting the things that one, find out what's important to that, to that particular buyer or what have you for your seller, or just highlighting what's the coolest features of this house to make it stand out. The other thing I will say, occasionally you'll have a house where they have like six different color carpets throughout the house. Mm. It is advantageous to make those match or take them out and put in some sort of hardwood or linoleum looking hardwood or something, but make it cohesive throughout because when you chop it up like that, they're going to ding you twice. They're going to ding you because they think that, you know, it needs carpet, which it does. And they're going to ding you on on the price as well. So they're going to double cut you. So I've seen a warehouse at different flooring and gentile floors throughout in different areas too and it just yeah did not look right yeah right. yeah um here's another thing too and especially where i'm at i'm not sure sure as far as your which i'm sure it's the same we run into the problem here that some older homes are dated and still pricey new construction has been popping up everywhere resale is better because you know when you build new it brings in new modern designs and details you know, so the older stuff here, there's a lot of pricier older stuff, which is ben- actually benefiting new construction in a way because people are seeing the older stuff. It's outdated. Down here, we have codes, you know, for hurricanes, stuff like that. A lot of them aren't up to code or up to elevation. And, you know, they're see- they, they want that newer kind of design to it. So um, are you kind of seeing this too, as far as a lot more new construction stuff selling? Are you seeing the old stuff overpriced? Like, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Well, I don't really see a whole bunch of old, uh, older homes being overpriced per se. Um, I do see that the, you know, new builds are prevalent. However, both are, both are going extremely strong. The, the, the new builds are really just catching up with us anyway. Okay. They need about 18, 19 months to start 
up again because when, when everything hit, they, they closed their doors. Mm-hmm. Really not a lot of new builds were happening. Um, so it took a while to catch up with us. Plus folks have been looking for homes for so long because of the market that they don't want to wait for a new build. Mm-hmm. So if it's possible to imagine, you know, stepping into that hoarder home and what it could be, HGTV at that moment is your friend yeah. um, and helping them imagine what it can be. Then they're excited to make it their own. Yeah. Without having to wait to get into it. Gotcha. Yeah. And then going into a different topic, when you walk through a home with buyers, what are the areas that you focus on most? What should buyers look at most prior to buying a new home? So that's going to come out in our consultation on what's important to them. If the backyard is important to them, then I'm not going to focus solely on the kitchen. If, if, you know, entertaining for OSU Buckeye games is in the basement and they want a complete party space that I'm not going to, you know, focus on the master bedroom. It's going to, it's going to be totally curtailed to that particular client and how they see themselves living in that home. I ask every one of my clients, how do you see yourself living in this home? Or do you see yourself having all these big parties in the kitchen where everyone is gathered around and, you know, it's, it's loud and noisy and everyone is just having a blast or do you see yourself, you know, wanting to have that four season room and just reading and having a glass of wine and chilling? Like, how do you see yourself living there? And then that's what I will concentrate when walking into that house is, oh, this would be a perfect nook for you or what, or whatever it is. Um, or, oh, this basement, you could totally finish this basement and you could have all of those parties that you've been dreaming of. You could put like a little kit, another kitchen down here because there's plenty of room and then you can make all of your wings. You wouldn't have to go upstairs. You can have it all right here. That's it just, it has to be personalized to them. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause not a lot of people, believe it or not, do that. It's like one of the topics we already talked about too. A lot of people will show them, you know, 20 something homes. They don't really narrow down what they really are looking for. And you see it quite a bit. And I've seen agents, you know, coming into stuff that I've had listed and the people are like, this isn't what I'm looking for. I was right. looking for four bedrooms, not a three bedroom. Well, why'd you bring them here? You know, and I, right. But they right. do it and it doesn't make sense. So that's very important right off the bat too, is what you keep bringing up. If they're not asking the question, right questions off the bat, it's, yeah. it, it's crazy to me, but a lot of it's, them It's what I call going three deep and obviously it's even more three deep. So, you know, you know, what are you, what, what's important in your new home? And they could say, you know, I, I want to entertain. Perfect. So you want to entertain. What about entertaining is important to you? How do you see yourself entertaining in the property? So they'll answer that. Okay, perfect. So you see yourself entertaining like this, and this is important because of X. What ultimately is those are those items going to your family when we find that perfect home for you? So it's really narrowing down to their actual why, their reasons of, of doing the move. So that way, I understand exactly what they're what they're looking for because I'm I'm digging, I'm digging for what that that response is where wherever their heart lies because they might not even know it until I dig. Mm-hmm. So going off of that too, it's important to guide customers from start to finish during the buying and selling process. We all, we each know that as agents, you need to have a reputation for customer satisfaction. And, and I mean, it's, that's very important. So what are you doing differently that people should look for as far as, you know, the guiding process, you can touch base on this a little bit, but digging deeper into it. Well, it's, it's really, it's managing the process. So, I mean, we talked to so many different individuals throughout the process. I mean, it could be regarding appraisal, lenders, you know, title people, other agents. Um, we could be finding out, you know, area zoning laws. We, I mean, there, there's so many things you have to touch upon. And 
we're already in the space. To, this is our full-time gig. So we're already in that space to be, to be doing those things. So we shouldn't be putting that on our clients. You know, I, I let my clients know whatever's going to make your life easier. You know, if it's, if it's me meeting you and picking up papers and sending them off to the lender, I'm, I'm there. Whatever it is you need to make it easier, that's my function. That's why I'm here. I, I feel that sets me apart because I've, I've heard so many times, actually, I've been given clients because they didn't want, they were afraid of being online, of online signing. So they wanted to sign everything by ink. And I've had, I've had other agents give me those clients because they didn't want to go meet them to have them physically sign. And I'm like, really? Right. I'm, I'm all over. I'm your girl. Yeah. <laughs> so no picky. I'm on the road all the time anyway. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So this stems off the last question, building long-term. We've talked about this a little bit too. Building long-term relationships with customers is key. What do you offer that others don't in your area that customers need to pay attention to before, you know, buying or selling, whatever? No. So or I stay in touch with them. Oh, absolutely. I stay in touch with them. I keep them updated. Once they have closed on a home, um, purchased a new home, whatever it is, I keep them up to date with whatever cur- current neighborhood that they're in on what's happening. So if the time ever arises that they need to sell or, or want to buy something else, or they know what's going on. I'm their go-to for that. The other thing I do is concierge services. So if you're looking for a chimney guy, if you need an AC guy, if you need a basement guy, um, I'm your girl. Call me. I'll even schedule it for you. You just let me know whichever one you want to actually use. But um, I, I work with them regularly. I can let you know that they, they're honest people. I w- wouldn't recommend them if they weren't. Um, and I would use them for myself and oftentimes have used them myself. Um, and it's, it's being that go-to and staying in touch with them that they... The relationship doesn't end because a transaction ended. That that is when they're all about the money. If that's if that's how it's going to be, so I still meet with them. I still have lunch with them. I still go to coffee with them. I deliver them peaches. So you know, I let them know that they became an important part of my real estate family. That I don't go away just because it ended. Mm-hmm. So my clients, even even a year or two years after the fact, they'll still call me like, hey, I got mail today from the last person that lived here. I'm like, oh, I'll reach out to them and see if they want to pick it up or what they want to do or, you know, whatever the case is. They, they still know that I'm I'm there for them, that mm-hmm. they they became a part of my world. Yeah, and that's I, I'm the same way, especially like with the building sites, well, real estate and building. So I just actually brought this up recently is. You know, I sold a lot to a person, ended up building them a house, and then now I'm doing their property man, you know, managing while they're out of town, I do their home watch. So it's continuing the long-term relationship and constantly being there when they need. And plus, just like you said, you know, I have the subcontractors and everybody on speed dial to where if they have a problem, I have them there fast and people actually like that. So it's that long-term approach. And unfortunately, like you said, too, there is a lot of agents that just do the sale. And then they never follow up after or communicate ever again. Yep. And that's, that's sadly, it's a lot. It's, I can't say majority, but it's pretty close. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, so final question. I always ask this at the end because it's what the show's about. What exactly do people need to look for when buying or selling a home? And why should they choose Kim Litback as their realtor of choice? Well, they should be, to answer in order, they should be looking for something that's truly going to make them happy. 
don't just buy a home for the sake of buying a home. I mean, yes, you may give up like all of your, all of your, some of your desires, like your, your wants that may not be needs to get exactly what you want. Don't settle on where you need to make sure that where you really are happy with, because you can't change that. You can change a kitchen. You can change anything else. Very rarely are you going to find a house going down the interstate because you need to change locations. It can happen. I just don't recommend it because it can be a process. Um, And then when you're actually looking for another agent, hear what they're saying to you and then also see what the results are. So if you're hearing that I, you know, I do a lot of open houses and I'm very successful at my open houses, then, and I'm telling you, I'm putting them on Facebook, check Facebook, verify me. I would verify you. So make sure that what they're saying to you is true and that they're, they're not avoiding the questions by, you know, going to another topic that they're really telling you how their marketing is not just one-sided or is it one-sided? And is that one-sided, does that make sense for your property? And are they asking, you know, are they, are they getting in there and asking the questions that you would want somebody to ask you and actually care about the transaction and can show you that they stay with it and are loyal to you? Stemming off of that too, so why should they choose Ken Letback as their realtor of choice to finalize it? Well, they, they should choose me because I can prove all of those things. I can prove to them that I'm not going to abandon them during that process, that I am loyal to them, that I'm always going to tell the truth, even if it may not be the easiest thing to hear. They're hiring me to be their advocate, their eyes, their ears, and to lead them through the process. And if I'm not plugged in or communicating or there's no way for me to do that. So communication is highly important. It's not even something that is nice to have. It must exist. That's why I tell them you'll never wait on me to respond to you. It's okay if I wait on you. It's not okay for me to you you to wait on me because I'm, I'm going to be here throughout the entire process and I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove to you that I'm the one that's going to get this job done. That's why so many people have chosen me before this time because I can back it up. Awesome. Kim, I really appreciate you coming on. A lot of great, great answers. I definitely think it's going to help a lot of people pick the right agent too, um, because of the stuff you gave, the information you gave too. So where, so people in your area or anybody, where can they find you on social media or get a hold of you? So you can certainly find me on Facebook. Um, it's Facebook dot com slash camelitvac uh instagram is the same thing uh youtube youtube is the same thing actually so camelitvac it's it's <laughs> no one else is using it so it was all available for me luckily no one else no yeah. has Litvak as their last name um of course you can find me on my website camelitvac period kw.com and you can reach me by phone no matter what area of the country you are in. I am always happy to interview agents for you. Um, there's no obligation you have to me, any cost that you have for me. My goal is for everyone to have an excellent experience. So you can reach me at 614-843-4612. And I will be honored to help everyone I can possibly help have a better experience. Kim, this has been awesome. A lot of great stuff. Thank you so much for coming on The Real Build and being my very first realtor on this show too. And uh, it's going to be a heck of a time somebody following that one up on that, whoever the next day is. But yeah, that was very good. I appreciate you coming on. 
Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This has been awesome. Um, you're doing an awesome job, and I'm totally proud of you. And I'm, I'm very thankful that you asked me to be on today. Thanks, Kim. I really appreciate it. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of The Real Build. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And guys, all I ask for is if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to subscribe below and also spread the word. Tell your friends and family to come join us. And also, if you want to join the discussion, please comment below. I'd love to hear about your experiences with these industries and discuss them on further episodes as well. Uh, If you're involved in any of these industries, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to feature you on a future episode and discuss what you do further. And, you know, it's all about spreading the word, guys. That's what this is all about. You know, it's a big topic. It's a big investment for everybody. And we want as much value and information out there as we possibly can. So with that being said, thank you guys so much. And I'll see you on the next episode.